Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. What's going on and welcome to another episode of the Easy Red Show Brought to you by your own Easy Red Statesville Zone 704 on And speaking of 704, join us later when me and Keyshawn talk about what's going on in the 704 You know, the hype, Statesville High, Living Glory Days, music, and some of our local artists And also speaking of local, I'm here with one of our 704 YouTube creators on Jazzy and the L family Jazzy, be ready to go ahead and introduce yourself Hello, hello, you guys. This is Jasmine from Jazz and the Fam. Thanks so much for having us on. So one of the things we're going to talk about in the show is being a creator and doing something that you're passionate about in the day in and day out of struggles. This is an episode of Inspirational Talks, and we're going to be talking about having confidence, kind of like that fire, that fire that you have inside to, if you feel like you want to change your life, change your surroundings, and, you know, change what you're doing in your life. You got to have that fire, that confidence to say, I have a dream. I want to conquer my plans. And no matter what background you have, no matter if you come from a wealthy family, no matter what you have, if you don't have confidence, then you're never going to want to take that step to say, this is my life and I'm wanting to change it. So being a YouTube creator, or being a creator, period, or owning your own business, you know, you're going to have conflicts you're going to run into obstacles you're going to have you know everyday challenges and you have to have confidence in yourself to get through these everyday challenges so i'm here with jazzy as a local youtuber also you know we have four beautiful blessings together and we were going to talk about you know it's easier as a podcaster when you edit you know you run just worry about audio but on your situation you worry about editing video also so if you want to give us a little bit of detail how you try to stay confident or inspired to, you know, kind of let's say, hey, you know, it's been a little rough, but I know I have challenges above me because, you know, we forget the little wins that we have. You know, when we first started me podcasting and YouTubing, 
you know, we forget to celebrate our small victories that, you know, I learned how to do this and now I got better at doing this or I used to do this and it didn't really work and then I found out how to do this and now it's a hundred times easier. So if you, you know, if you have anything you want to share on maybe somebody who's starting a YouTube and, you know, they like, oh, I don't have all the time to edit or I don't have this and I don't even know how to make a thumbnail. I wouldn't know how to get started. What would you give them advice, confidence and what some things that you do to keep yourself confident? Well, I definitely want to say you are definitely right on when you're starting a YouTube. It is work. It is work. You have to not be perfect. But just know that giving up is not an option. And I want to say, you guys, um, definitely listening to um, Nathan's channel is really, really inspiring because he speaks to everyone, everyone. So if you're listening, please take heed to everything that he says because I tell you it comes from his heart. He has always pushed me and plenty of others to always pursue your dream and go for it. If you are doing YouTube, if you are doing anything, the key is just do not give up. If right. you have a drive, a drive for it, your heart is in it, you will succeed. The mistakes that you go, of course, is going to happen. But it only improves. Mm -hmm. It's progress to where you'll get better. Right. You cannot make mistakes and not improve on it. You know why? Because you have to keep going. Keep going. And that's my mistake. And he's always getting on me right now. Thank Jazz, you. get back on YouTube. <laughs> it's not perfect, but you will overcome your... Right. I want to say um, your doubts in yourself because I doubt myself a lot. But you got to say, hey, that's like keep pushing, keep rolling with the punches, and right. eventually it's gonna it's gonna smooth out. It's not gonna happen right away. So I do want to thank him tremendously for always always pushing. Oh, yeah. So I do thank you for the love and support. We've always thank everyone who shares the channel, likes, subscribe, and also takes their time out to just sit back and listen and join us for those who comment for those who you know help with ideas on the show those who send in music and things like that we're always about supporting and pushing each other you know the competition that we should have with each other is who can push who the most to reach their goals and so that's what we aspire here as we share businesses we share you know youtubers twitchers uh, whether it's gaming, whether it's you know music, whether you make music videos, whatever you do, whether you're into photograph, and whatever you may be into, you have a drive. Whether you want to open up a restaurant, your own business, no matter you know what you have, or whether it's starting a podcast. If you have a dream, you're rich. You can feel like there's no food in my house. I don't have nothing. But as long as you have a dream, you're going to be rich. You have to find that fire in you, that confidence to continue to get better, to strive and push forward. And so we have local artists. We have non-local artists who always reach out. You know, they want to get reviews on their craft and they want to say, hey, what do you think? And I tell them like, hey, man, you know, this is how I feel about my, you know, this is how I feel about your song. But you shouldn't always stop at one opinion. You know, I might say, hey, you know, you want to try this, try that. But if you get, you know, a lot of people opinions and you put a lot of people together, just like, you know, I played the track earlier called Fiendin from William Hall and 4K Dre. We all sat down in the studio, took a good five, six hours, everybody putting their heads together, you know, coming up with hooks, you know, beat-wise, all that, and everybody just found their sound and made them an awesome-ass awesome, awesome -ass track. And you just got to make sure that the team you keep around you have the same drive. If you are sitting all day with people that you know is not going nowhere or you're square... 
and you know people in your circle or your square and they not going nowhere you know the old saying of a bird's in a feather flock together so you have to have people around you that's having the same drive same goal they get up every day and they go get it they you know they just don't sit around and oh yeah man i'm gonna do that tomorrow i'm gonna do that tomorrow because your dream is gonna be gone it's gonna be somebody else's by tomorrow so we're gonna get into a track let that soak into you and play a song and then we'll get right back with some more confidence vibes
So that was William Hall with What's Love. And, you know, William has a couple of challenges that he faced. You know, he's not really, you know, social and, you know, good with public speaking. So when he reached out to me about managing him, you know, that's me. My job is to talk too damn much, and that's what I love to do. So speaking of challenges, we're going to sit here with Jazzy, and we're going to go over, you know, some challenges as a young YouTuber, you know, challenges that you face day to day. I love YouTube, I gotta say, but the consistency has just been a problem. Because um, obviously I do it with my children, so I'm just right now trying to figure out what is my you know, main focus on doing YouTube. Because when you are doing any type of job, you want to make sure you're enjoying it, and it's not right. something that feels like a job. Mm-hmm. So that's just my struggle right now. Once I find out what I'm really enjoying on it, we will be back. So I'm just really, really excited. And like I said, I thank Nathan so much for his support and, you know, his pushing and, you know, making sure people are just trying to come up just the same as he is. He has that type of heart. And I just always always appreciate that. I really, really do. So I do see challenges as far as YouTubing, as far as getting to share it, as far as getting people to come to your channel. But I think once that door is open, a lot of people start coming in and then you start seeing your success. You know, when I... Um, get featured on and come on uh, Keyshawn Imes Low Key Cave you know he showed recently about his drive to 300 and he you know showed the picture when he had his first subscriber all the way up to 300 subscribers you gotta remember the small wins to get you to your big wins you gotta remember you know I took these steps this is how I'm here now I learned to edit I learned to stream on YouTube so you know now that I've learned it when I get on my five and you know I'm streaming games put them on YouTube and Twitch and also sharing my show here on YouTube and all other streaming platforms like you have to remember you know you have to remember your early success from when I used to see just a couple of people stream daily now I see you know thousands and thousands each and every night so you know you just have to keep pushing and keep grinding and you're going to get there so what's some things you try to do on your videos or maybe some skits that you want to do do you write your skits do you look and say okay maybe this would be a good idea um is it harder involving the kids or is it harder you know when you're by yourself and you know what you want to do but you feel like i might mess up a little bit more so which one is for you it's not i want to say harder or you know easier just having fun with the kids like we simply just love doing the whole youtube tiktok anything um just having that all-around fun we go crazy and berserk with it so if you guys look at the channels you can see the kids and I are just like all over the place. They miss it. I miss it. It's just finding the time to get in there and fit it into your schedule. So I applaud the parents out there that can maintain YouTube and TikTok and any other platform they're doing as well as work and being, you know, parents all together. If you can do it, I applaud you. But I do plan on getting back on there because, like I said, it was just simply amazing. And speaking of amazing, let's talk about y'all's opening, especially when the kids would go, it's another video. Video. video and so what made y'all was it just off the top of your head was it something that just happened or was it you know an opening that you felt like 
Okay, we're going to think about this one. How did y'all come up with the opening? Well, you want to know, like, we are big fans of the Prince family. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people follow them. Right, um, right. They are really, really funny. They're entertaining. The kids and I love them. We are such, such big fans. So when Bianca would do, like, the pranks on, you know, Damien, and she would be like, um, back with another video, video. I want to say that's where I did get it from. So, yes, I do have to say that's where I got that from. And... You know, it just transpired, and I, we just followed through with it. Like, we love it. So y'all kind of put your own little twist on it, because I would see the kids in the front, and it was cute how they would do it, and it's a great opening. So do you feel like it was harder to share it with family or share your videos and share your YouTube with strangers? Oh, um, I'm not saying um, it's not harder to share it with the family, but it is a little worrisome to do it with strangers because... Um, when you put it on Facebook, um, YouTube, anywhere, you got to admit, you don't know who's going to be looking at your form, your whole skits. So it's going to any and everyone. So when you do, like they say, become famous, there are, you know, could be baggage that comes along with that. Right, right. And I definitely can understand that and definitely can agree with that because, you know, you're scared to share your channel, especially with your, you know, with your kids on there. You're worried about, am I leaving myself up to be a target? Am I leaving myself up to somebody to come out and, you know, maybe find my location, this and that. So, you know, you just, you stay positive. You know, you take precautions. You take safety measurements. And, you you know, you just continue to grind. And so I definitely feel you there. I definitely understand that. And I know we're a little... Uh, you know, a little short on time with kids getting ready to leave out on school and things like that. But I definitely want to thank you for coming out. I definitely want to thank you for, you know, sharing your time with me today. And also, I want to thank y'all for listening and thank y'all for just sticking with us. So before we leave you up out of here, we're going to play another song and then get you ready for the love hour later on tonight. Uh, yeah.
Dre, move around. So sometimes you got to tell people to move around, especially if they're in your square, if they're in your circle, they're not helping you push your dreams and goals, or they don't have the same drive that you do. Sometimes you just got to say, look, man, hey, I got to ground without you. So we talked about, you know, some challenges that you face, you know, as you start your own business, as you start your own YouTube, as some things that you do when you step outside your comfort zone. And a lot of times your family don't like that. And a lot of times your close friends or people around you don't like that because maybe, you know, they see you trying to do better than they are or whatever the case may be. But you just have to stay focused. You have to keep your drive alive and you have to stay grinding. So, we, you know, we cut the episode a little short. We had, you know, a little emergency going on and Jazzy had to step out. But I do thank her for coming on. I do thank her for, you know, kind of sharing a little bit detail into her channel and you can find them on YouTube, Jazz and the L Fam. So, you know, make sure you go and subscribe and like and follow and become a supporter and they'll follow you back. So, <coughs> excuse you. And always thank y'all for the ones who love and support and share the channel. Thank y'all for the ones who, you know, connect out there to share and, you know, just show your love and support. I'm very thankful from where if you're near or far, you know, wherever you're at. Just thank you for your love and support. And that's, you know, you know that's where you're going to be at when you get to where you want to be at. You're also going to just make sure you remain humble. Make sure you stay, you know, just remind yourself where you come from. So with that being said, I'm going to ride up out of here. And until later on tonight when we bring y'all the love hour, we're going to do this. We're going to get through it. Keep your drive, your confidence alive. And if nobody told you they love you today, I love you. Be loud out. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back. We've got yours. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. 
is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. The holidays are coming. The holidays are coming. It's all good. The Georgia Hemp Company, with locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs, has a full line of your favorite CBD and hemp products to keep you cool and calm. Like lotions, oils, and beverages. They also have a full line of CBD for your pets. The Georgia Hemp Company offers full consultations, samples, and Georgia's finest CBD. Visit their three Atlanta locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs. Or check out thegeorgiahempcompany.com. Georgia's finest CBD. And welcome to the Fantasy Footy Podcast. On this week's episode, we have a spooktacular selection of segments that, as always, we truly hope will treat you and not trick you. Phil's had horror shows all over the place. Harry's clearly wearing his mask already. And Jono is actually dressed as FBL Drew and is drinking a pint of milk. Strange things going on in the studio indeed. As for me, I'll just be sat sipping my pumpkin spice soy latte and firing actual daggers from my eyes at the panel when they misbehave. It's going to be a thriller, so let's get to it. This is the Fantasy Footy Podcast. everybody you sound terrible (laughs) (laughs) wow i'm so happy we're in the studio again yeah can we go back to zoom please no i wish i was this close to going (laughs) back to zoom today but no we're here we are look at this dedication yeah big big work yeah big work big shouts all of the big energy big man bigness don't be ill be chill have Be a chill. thrill. Well, I was have a making thrill. it Halloween themed. Yeah. Have a thrill. Nice, Ash, thanks. Um, Harry, how was your time away? Good times. Um, donkeys. Donkeys. Yeah. Were there actually donkeys? So it was a thing. Yeah, yeah we went. We went to uh, Donkey Sanctuary. Legit Donkey Sanctuary. That's what we did on. Uh, Super Sunday. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was. You know what? I've got a lot of time for donkeys. Yeah, they make a lot, lot of funny noises. And mm-hmm. they're nice and chill. Like what? <laughs> How's that? Yeah, very good. If old MacDonald had an FBL podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh there we go. God. But yeah, apart from that, um, corn, corn was really nice. Uh, I, I managed to drink every single day for like <laughs> nine days in a row. Well, Welcome nice. to my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good work. I'm, I am more tired now than when I left, though. So... <laughs> Um, that's, that's that's. I need I need another holiday. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not like just going to Turkey and just like sitting on a beach doing nothing, drinking beers all day. It's much more adventurous these days. Why well, you always have a child? So. Yeah. Um, Phil, how are you? <sighs> not great, Sash. I've had a bad week in FPL. Oh no. Um, my football team are drivel. 
Um, talking of donkeys on Super Sunday, plenty of those at Old Trafford mm. yesterday. Oh, um, nice segue. Yeah, no, really bad horror show at Old Trafford. Horror show in FPL. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. Been a little bit ill as well, Sash. You know, obviously testing negative, which is why we're here. Yep. Um, but yeah, I do believe that uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer may be packing his bags imminently, but uh, we will see. But yeah. You say he's had the nail in the coffin, John. Very good. Lovely. Uh, Yes. Sorry, Ollie. I do love you, mate, but uh, it could be time to go. We'll see. But I'm all right, Sash. Thank you. Johnny. Um, I had a Halloween party Saturday night. Oh, I saw that. Did couples dress, didn't we? I also saw that. Gonzo and... uh, Gonzo? Is it Gonzo? Gomez. (laughs) Gomez Adams. (laughs) Gonzo, Gonzo, one of the characters in The Muppets. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's how my FPL went to us. More apt. Um, Had another red arrow. That's four on the bounce now. Red flag. Red flag. Red (laughs) arrows. And red blood. So, yeah. Um, But I'm healthy, so... Well, not for long you are sitting about <laughs> sitting sandwiches between the sniffles and two infectious ones. Sash, how are you? Yeah, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like if, I feel like I might have an asthma attack at any moment, so let's um let's crack on. Uh the week that was game week nine, it's all done and dusted this time, gentlemen. So what happened? Who were the top scorers? Well, Mo Salah and Mason Mount both boshing out twenty-four points. Unbelievable stuff. No one saw it coming. Well, well, many, many FPL managers kind of saw Mo Salas coming, but, but not, not to that uh, to degree. Um, identical returns. Three goals, three bonus points, one assist, one clean sheet. What's hell? Oh my God, that's made me feel a little surprise packages. <laughs> well, Sash, some early spooky surprises were sneaking around this weekend. So I want to mention a few. Navigator scared the Red Devils badly at Old Trafford, scoring a not-so-unlucky 13 points for his brave managers. Josh King absolutely terrified the Toffees' defence at Goodison, nabbing a cheeky hattie against his old side and scoring, surprisingly, Mm. his 50th Prem goal in the process. His 1.7% of owners would have been smiling wider than Pennywise the Clown after his horrifyingly good haul, but... The guy that takes the biscuit for me this weekend is Maxwell Cornetto. Sorry, Cornet. Cornet. Only 0.2% of managers had the six mil winger, and he bagged a 15-point haul as reward for his brutal brace against the stunned Saints. We called him the Clarets, and I'm sure Hannibal Lecter would raise a glass of his finest Chianti to that. Cheers. Calm down, Harry. Um... <laughs> Shade. Well, the tape, that was not me. Phil, um, nothing is more frightening. <laughs> Frighteningly unimpressive. Yeah. Your Count Flopula. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about your tiny big flop, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floppers everywhere again, Sash. Uh, mainly in my team. Uh, Runs in the family? Uh, Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, But Loxy's is huge. It's weird. Uh, I don't know what was more scary. uh, My captain's hall, Man United's defending, or the, uh, I know what he did last summer series, I binged on Amazon last night. To be honest, I think it was definitely Harry Maguire's performance. Again, anyway, enough bashing of the poor United skipper. Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. Let me down big time, as well as lots of FPL Twitter managers who backed him to do bits in Big Rob's uh, absence. He didn't. Of course, the curse of the 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday is well and truly back with a vengeance. FML, FPL. But for me, flop of the game week has to go 
to a guy whose ownership rocketed from about 14% to 34% in a few days. Jamie Flippin Vardy. I knew he wouldn't score against Brentford. But it's okay. Tillemans did, and Jono told you to watch him, so we covered ourselves there. Anyway, Vardy got 45 minutes and one FPL point. Uh, the Skittlebomb ambassador is now an injury doubt for the hundreds of thousands of managers who brought him in. Ouch. Big shouts then, gentlemen, please. Is there anything more frightening than Phil, perhaps, winning this at the moment? <laughs> I had a car crash at Rick Carson. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Ricardo Pereira, <laughs> Ricardo Pereira, two points. ESR banged the week after, though, so I'm sure Pereira will do the same. Lovely job. <laughs> Everyone can just hear my asthma. Just <laughs> Jono. Nathan Redmond, he got a return, five points. Um, he got an assist. He also missed an absolute sitter. Oh, my days. Sweet home Alabama. What a miss. That could have been my 11 points. I might have been bang on the money there with the cheeky bonus, but there we go. Um, but five points, which is more than I can say than these two plebs. Phil. Well, in honour of Tanjot and Domble, I'm wearing my mixed berry coloured top tonight. <laughs> um, Spurs were back in white and they were rubbish against West Ham. Ndombele should have won a pen. He should have scored a goal. He didn't either. He got two points. I'm I'd glad call you that more. That I'd call that more Vimto. I was yeah, going to say he looks like the girl in China in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, oh um, what's Violet that? Elizabeth. I hate to break it to you yeah. all. It's just purple. Thank you. The Listeners League. I um, I went to a wedding on Saturday. Um, shockingly, I do have friends. Um, <laughs> and they said, oh, it's too late to join the Listeners League. And it's not. It's not too late to join the Listeners League. And Please I said join. that to them as I shouted in their face. Fantastic. <laughs> then sneezed on them. And sneezed on them. <laughs> so who knows if they've made it to Monday to join it. But Harry, where are we at? Well, let me tell you, Sash, you're a pain in the ass. <laughs> they are the team that are top of the league at the moment. No, they're not, sorry. Top scorers in the league at the moment. David Fox... 130 points. Tick-a-boo. last year's overall number nine in the world, now joint top of the table with our very own Daniel Francis Swaby. Just quickly, I saw him do triple Chelsea defence this weekend. Ola. Ola. Did he? Is it? Yeah. What a guy. Oh. Fair, play. Um, Fair play. Yeah, I mean, got to take you out, Hobson. But David, unbelievable. To even, that's, I mean, it's technically one, two, six because he took a minus four. But his minus four didn't even improve his life. Like, <laughs> didn't didn't make it any better for him. Uh, I don't think so. Fair play, fair play. You think he went from Rudiger to Chilwell? So that might have just covered the gap. But that was it. So um, well done, Dave. Anyway, heading into the final game week of the month, it's Pat Buckingham, Pat Bucky Buckingham, who I used to work with in co-op who is leading the way in the October Manager of the Month competition. Uh, but Ola is only a couple of points behind him. Go on, Pat. I fancy you do it. Um, but anyway, if you fancy joining our Listener League and uh, getting yourself a little shout-out, uh, then you'll need to type in this code. Otkun. O-T-C-U-N-E. I'll read. I'll read. It's time for Hot Scary Topics. Hot Topics. Up first, 
Cristiano Ronaldo. Is this a thing now? I really, really hope not. Uh, another 177,000 have sold him. Harry, talk to me about forwards because Kane blank too. Well, I mean, it's a tough, tough old conundrum because Jay Vards, he's my premium asset in the forward line and he's possibly injured. Knee injuries don't just go away. You can't just run them off. And Not when you're 34. Not when you're 34. So he got taken off at half-time. He said it'd be all right to run it off, and he clearly wasn't able to. So I think he's coming out for a few weeks. So there might even be you know, a bit of rest, but I don't think he's going to play this weekend, uh, which will cause a knee-jerk reaction. Who are your options? Well, I've got Antonio. <sighs> Obviously, Ronaldo... I don't. It depends if if they do sack Oli or not. If they sack Oli, I think I think you should keep Ronaldo. I mean, his goal that I actually think should have counted was Agreed. very good. Um, I don't think it should have counted. Really? Okay. Interesting. Um, very good finish. Sounds like a Twitter poll. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sort it out. Um, yeah, look, still look reasonably sharp. Um, he did. He yeah. did. I just don't think t- it's not the right setup for him. I'd like to see him and Cavani playing together. I think that would be pretty. Um, a th- Jerry pretty dynamic. Like. He, but he got any service. I mean, obviously Liverpool were very much in control of that game, but he had the least amount of touches of any player to play <laughs> ninety minutes um, in that game. And you know, you need to get it to him for him to score. And if you can't provide, then he cannot profit. He cannot profit. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, Aubameyang or Jesus would be my my chat. Really, yes, there'd be there'd be my options. Jesus is. A great little choice, I think. Uh, well-priced. Under nine mil, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was well-priced as well. And he's second top scorer in the league. Not bad. Yep. What do you think about downgrading and going to a more like medium-priced forward and going back to having an extra big hitter in the midfield? Because, you know, a lot of us have gone for two big hitters, I'd say. I had Lukaku and Ronaldo at the same time for a while. Um, I then had Ron and Vardy this weekend. didn't work. Antonio's banging them away. I've had Antonio pretty much all season, but do you think it's better to go to a, a Breuer who's really cheap or to a I don't know a Wilson, Callum Wilson coming back in the goals? I mean, yeah, I'd give Bro- I'd give well. Broger a, a couple more minutes. I just don't think that Wilson is trustworthy enough right now until they get a new manager. I mean, obviously, you know, his strike rate is phenomenal, but they had zero chances really this weekend, and he just scored a goal out of nothing, which is credit mm. to him. But it's just one goal. It's not going to be a huge haul. He's, he's not that cheap. Um, someone I'd really think about going for, and I know we've just conceded five goals, but Richarlison leading the line. Everton desperate for him. Mm. He's going to be playing every minute of every game now. Good header. Great header. He, cut, he was on within four minutes. I think that might have been his first touch, something ridiculous. Mm. But yeah, he's he's hungry. He's playing well. I think uh, he's, he's a serious option for you. Um but yeah, I, I, the thing is, I'm struggling where to think to spend this money. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the midfield. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking back towards the defence. Like I'm going back for Trent, Chilwell. Mm. Get just loaded up Cancelo. with that. Can, maybe even load up your goalkeeper as well. Spend more money there because yeah. in the middle of midfield, like Bruno's just. I mean, he's flopping hard. Mm-hmm. He's flopping really. I finally got rid of him, and you know, for Havertz, who was only just two points better. I mean, I thought I had it bad, but I'm so glad that I got rid of Bruno for that. And it really wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, depends what happens. But if he got dropped altogether, he doesn't, they don't run hard enough. And I think Lingard deserves his shot. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if Oli stays and you want to play more pressing football, Lingard's got to play. 
Um, but my friend who's a Juventus journalist has just texted me saying, if Conte comes in, Bruno's not his type of player. So that could be interesting. Anyway. The other one forward I would say that I assume is going to have a lot of um, transfers in this week will be Ivan Tony, kind of the forgotten man at the beginning of the season. Going in? Yeah, I think a lot of people are bringing in because they've got a brilliant run of fixtures. They've got Burnley away, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, Everton at home is the next Oh, four. he's killing me, you know. <laughs> I, he is He is the ultimate, like, <laughs> team. <laughs> Is he in your team then, is he? Yes! Oh, right. Sorry, I've, I've, I've bleeped it. But that's exactly what he is. He literally, He's an apple that you want to bob for. Scores the offside goals. I think he's got two or three of them that have been ruled out by VAR. He's at the bar, he's at the post. Yeah. Should get assists, does get the occasional one. People can't finish their dinner around him. Still he's on pens. Still on pens. I've only had one or two all season. In fact, that might... I swear he's only scored two or three goals all season. Isn't he? Yeah, he has. One of them is... A penalty, or two of them are penalties, and only—I just definitely only got one from open play. Anyway, he's annoying me, and uh, I would get rid of him for He Chan Huang if I could. Oh, I'd be holding on this week, that's for sure. I certainly wouldn't be selling him with their run of fixtures coming. Well, up. I'm not going to. I, I looked at Burnley when I thought, well, I'd better keep him, but uh, that's got no nil written all over it, or one or rogue goal from some random defender that no Pinnock. one owns. Well, I almost <laughs> got him, but Johansson or someone else yeah. or. Zanka anyway good that we came to a definite answer on that then <laughs> Jesus Aubameyang He Chang Huang that's it next up then what about Tuchel Carousel or is it Thomas Tombola anyway Ben Chilwell Mason Mount Eduard Mendy these guys are untouchables and unbenchables right now for Chelsea Johnny firstly oh how about yeah brutal Tuchel Brutal Tuchel? Uh, yeah. Do you want to dab in a Brutal Tuchel? I don't, I don't hate it. I do like Thomas Tombola. Oh, you would. It is funny, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, are the untouchable, are the unbenchable? I'm going to say no. Um, because we've seen what he does. Um, I think you have to be looking at the Champions League games, obviously midweek. We've got the Cup games next, haven't we? It's That's right. We've got midway, yeah, midweek. Midweek. Southampton tomorrow. Yeah, so see who he picks for that. Yeah, you'd hope that Alonso then comes back in. You'd hope that Kepa comes back in, uh, especially as it is the Mickey Mouse Cup. Um, ben Chilwell, I, I think he is undroppable in the Premier League at the moment. He's scored four goals in a row in the league <laughs> at left back. Last player to do that for Chelsea was Hazard. I mean, what is going on? Those wing-back positions are insane. Um, I went against my own advice last week, sorry, um, and brought in a second Chelsea defender. And that was Rhys James. And thankfully, he got me a lovely return. Um, but my other one, Christensen, was dropped. So I only got the one clean sheet. Um, oh. And I think that shows that there's a lot of room for rotation there. And so I don't think you can say that anyone is unbenchable at the moment. Um but, on that topic of defenders, uh, my mate, Chelsea fan, Max, going to the game tomorrow, he said that Rudiger is less likely to be dropped because he's left-sided, left uh, whereas the others were more, more rotational. And Christensen does come across but uh, sometimes, but it's usually uh, Rudiger who gets to stay because mm. he doesn't have as much competition. Which Rudiger's is why it's interesting. Footed. He's both-footed, apparently. But oh. he plays at that left he plays, of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why it was a big thing when Saar came in and played there because he obviously trusts him to be an alternate. So I expect that he might play there in the cup as well. But you're right. I think Rudiger has had the most minutes under any uh, of any players since Tuchel's come in. Yeah, it's been very good. 
What about bargain basement midfielders then? Emil Smith-Rowe, Conor Gallagher and Mateo Kovacic are a terrific little trio of options at the moment and all under six mil. So who is your fave, Phil? I don't know. I mean... We, we we took the mech out of producer Joe about Matteo Kovacic and yeah. the guy's returning. Um, Do you know how many assists he's got this season? Five. 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 And a goal. Mad, isn't it? Six goal involvements in nine game weeks. Yeah. Obscene. I mean, it is obscene. The thing about Matteo Kovacic, Sash, is that Real Madrid bought him to replace Luka Modric. I mean, that's the kind of stock he had two, three years ago. So, heck of a talent and like a, a kind of established talent. Emil Smith-Rowe, Conor Gallagher, young lads doing really well. Smith-Rowe looks better and better every week. Back up to 5.5 mil now. Is he? Mm-hmm. Still pretty Money. cheap though. Uh, and then of course, Conor Gallagher. I've been reading that of course, Chelsea will probably use him next year. Um, he's tenacious. He's involved in everything Palace do. Um, and they do look a lot more interesting under Patrick Vieira. I've been really, really impressed with him. In terms of who's going to sustain it, you'd presume Kovacic in terms of like guaranteed quality every week, but then there is Thomas Tombola. Uh, whereas I should imagine Gallagher will play every week 90 minutes for Palace and be involved in pretty much everything they do. I think he's 5.7 mil. So of those three, um, I'd probably say that Conor Gallagher has got the most kind of sustainability, um, but then Kovacic has well, got Kovacic the most... Kovacic has pretty much started clout. every game. Does he really? Okay. Yeah. I think Kante's injury has helped with that. Right. Um, obviously, there's no Billy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Jorginho's sort of in and out. But he, he, I know it's an orange. He created eight chances at the weekend. He's a fantastic ball carrier, isn't he? He's, he's so good. Scuttles across the So turn, good p- well. going past the first or second player yeah, and starting yeah, a pass. Yeah. Sorry, people who are good at dribbling with the ball. Smith Rowe's... Arguably one of the best players in the league at doing that. I mean, Carragher said he's the best dribbler in the league. I'm not sure about uh, running that. At pa- running at pace, getting the ball close to his feet. I, yeah. I think he re- really... Just looks a bit so, unorthodox, doesn't he, I suppose? He's he so him, imposing. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, people can't get the ball off him. I, f- I think he's a wonderful player. He's my mm. choice of those. Okay. I'm, I would love to get him in, in my side if I, if I could. I'm mm. trying to. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> Plato's Closet in Gainesville is buying fall styles, and we need your vibe. You can sell all the fall extras you've accumulated. You have amazing taste and more fall styles than you know what to do with. Get cash on the spot when you sell your boots, coats, denim, scarves, and other fall pieces to Plato's Closet. We buy trendy, gently used clothing, shoes, accessories, and more for guys and girls. Sell your fall styles to Plato's Closet today. Plato's Closet Gainesville on Dawsonville Highway and 13 other locations in the Atlanta area. Visit platosclosetatlanta.com. In honour of Halloween, I would like to play a little game <laughs> called Halloween Killers. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Halloween Killers. <laughs> All right. In honour of the recent 68th instalment of the classic horror film franchise in cinemas nationwide now, I thought we'd play a little game. I'd play a little game. The sad fact is that your voice is definitely more high-pitched when you did that than mine currently. (laughs) Not quite as gory as the ones in Saw, but hopefully with the same sense of devilish drama. It's actually pretty simple, this one, mainly because Phil wrote this on the train in four minutes, but... I want to talk to you about FPL assets who have been so shocking in the last year or so that they've almost been buried alive, but are recently back from the dead. Case in point, 
Sebastian Haller, now of Ajax, woeful at West Ham, hot AF in Holland, and the Champions League, ridiculous. So, very simple, Harry and Jono. Mm. I'm going to list five zombie-like players who somehow are showing signs of life, much like me, with this cold. All I want to know is, what is their ownership at time of recording? How many mad scientist managers own these little monsters? Oh. Do you understand? I get it. I think so. I think the pun, sorry, was Halloween killers. But yeah, I just didn't spell it. Yeah, does make sense? Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 24 points in his last four game weeks. What is his ownership, please? I'm just going to go with my gut, Sash. I'm going to go for 4.6% ownership. Harry? 6.2. Phil, as you wrote this game, I'm going to give you the honours of saying who's correct. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, yeah, we thought he was dead and buried, Pierre Emerick, but yeah, he's resuscitating recently. And he's now up to a monstrous 4.4%. So Jono goes 1-0 up. 0.2 off. Wow. No biggie. Wow. Next up then, we have got Christian Benteke. Mm. 14 points in his last two game weeks. What is his ownership? Who do we start with? We start with Jono, so I'm going to start with Harry on this one, please. 1.2%. 1.2, interesting. Jono? Oh, 0.9%. Nice, that was that was what was on the tip of my tongue for what you'd say. <laughs> Phil? <laughs> Glamorous assistant in your just straight up purple jumper. Yeah, this is very, very close. Um, Much like Jono and I worrying me right now. Um, <laughs> He's going to get that cold. Christian Benteke is one mm. point mm. zero. Oh, oh, mamma mia. Shoot me. You're good, oh. at, you're good at doing the answers, Phil. <laughs> you really you. build the drama. I should work on a cruise ship. Third up then, James Madison. Ten points in his last two game weeks. John, we're back to you for this one. Oh, that's... Hmm. Ghost teams, maybe. 2.7%. Okay. <laughs> Harry's looking like that meme where they're trying to work out the maths. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll go 1.3. Oh, okay. Phil? I said 2.7. The answer, we all know I don't like James Madison at all. Sorry, James Madison. Is. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> Definitely listens. Doesn't <laughs> care though. He's too busy modelling for Boohoo Dog. Three. percent So Jono takes an unassailable 3 0 lead. But it's an absolute whitewash. Let's do the final. Harry. Sorry, if you're a manager with James Madison in your team, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> you. <laughs> you are a pleb. Did you say that he's got How 10 points it? in his past two games? How is yeah. there more people who've got Madison? than Ben Tecker's. How is that a thing? How are nearly as many managers having I'm telling you, Madison ghost teams. as Aubameyang? Ghost teams, Halloween ghost teams. Oh, dead, <laughs> dead to me. But even then, he didn't have a like flourishing end of last season, did he? No, that's why I people in this are, game. Yeah. People are pillocks. 
finally, then, we're going to do one more, Harry, to see if you can redeem yourself. What? Have we got four or five? Five. Uh, it's up to you. Should we uh, leave it there? I was just going to do one more to see if he'll redeem himself. No, no, because if I get it nailed on, I'll get two points. So okay, fine. <laughs> all right. Jeez. <laughs> okay, big daddy. <laughs> Play four. Yeah, go on then. Number four. Yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Oh, God. 13 points in his last three game weeks. Uh, it's to Harry first. 0.7. Okay. 0.4. Oh, <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Nailed on. <laughs> the answer for RLC, who's probably drinking a PSL somewhere with ESR. <laughs> LOL. Is 0.1%. Uh. <laughs> so Jono wins again. Okay. Oh, Oh, dude. Let me get that Ronaldo consolation goal. Okay, go on then. Do the last one, Sash. Go on. Finally, then, we have Nabby Cater. Jono, mm. you're first up on this one, please. We should let Harry go first. No, no you, go, so little... you go first. Go. Okay. Old Napster. Okay. Napster McGee. I'm going to go for 0.0%. You don't think anybody owns him? No. He's giving it to me. I, I generally don't think enough people own him for him to have 0.1% of ownership. Oh, you're rude. Like, I was going to go like higher, but I'm just going to salvage myself a point. Okay, what are you, <laughs> you going to go for? 0.1. No, I'm joking. <laughs> zero, I, think, I think he's 0. Point, I'll say 0.2. <laughs> but you, it, it, you, I'm saying that as my answer, but I you, actually think he's 0. 0.4. Okay. Are you sure that you want to go with that? <laughs> I mean, if John's got 0. 0.0, then hats off to him. Are you sure you want to go with that? Yeah, I'm fine. Can you stop blinking at him, please? <laughs> fine. I'm fine with it. Guys, if I get whitewashed, I get whitewashed. It's fine. Phil. Carol Vorderman. Phil yeah. Vorderman. Phil Vorderman. The answer is... Naught point. 3% owned. Yeah. Oh, well done, really Harry. Fine. Unlike United, you weren't spanked 5-0. It was only... 4-1. It's a respectable score. And that was... Halloween Killers. <laughs> Let's have a look then at the burning at the stake. <laughs> Game week 10 questions. First up then, rampant Liverpool at home to wounded Brighton. Is it time to triple up on the Reds? If Salah and TAA are chooses and snoozes, who gets the third spot, Harry? Because hmm, there is rotation risk. I would say, current, depends if Cater's fit. If he's if that injury from Pogba's horror tackle <sighs> is... Uh, oh, it's a bad tackle. Man. Right. There's, no, there's no two ways He's never it. done it before, like against Wolves or anything. Sure. Um, never got away with it. Um... It was, I would say, Allison's probably best mate, or, or Van Dyke, because Van Dyke obviously gets a few bonced goals. Um, so they'd be my two choices. Uh, no, no one else is really, because of the rotation risks with Jota, I'd go against him. Robbo's not going to get rotated. Robbo isn't is a good choice. But he's not as he's not as he's not as. I think Van Dyke's a, a better choice. Agreed. He's he'd be who I'd say. 
Yeah, Van Dyke or Allison be my options. Mm. I think Van Dyke at six point six is not a bad shout, especially actually if you can't afford Trent. I, I wouldn't feel that terrible about um, substituting one for the other. I don't mean getting rid of Trent for Van Dyke. I just mean if you can't reach the seven point six, um, then VD at six point six, I think is a good good asset to have. Phil, do you agree? Yeah, I mean Van Dyke's only four FPL points behind Alexander Arnold, and he's a million cheaper. Um, obviously Alexander-Arnold showed yesterday like just how clinical he is in that final third and you know he does take free kicks and there's always a chance that he's well his ceiling's a lot higher as we've said many, many times before about him but yeah I'm going to agree there Mane's obviously always an option um, oh, Speaking of which do we all agree yeah. that Salah is undroppable though right because obviously Mane was benched at the beginning of this game My, Do you know what I was thinking earlier today I phased out on the train while I was writing Halloween killers <laughs> I was thinking imagine if they just dropped uh, Salah against Brighton. Well, they did last season. It was did Crystal they? Palace. Did remember, they? he didn't start. Oh yeah, then he came on, and got like came on. points. Yeah, different game. They won it last season. It was much more yeah. con- condensed fixture schedule. So true, true, true. Uh, I just think are they are they out the League Cup? Are they still in it? Uh, Either way, he, he ain't going to play in it. So th- he's got a week off. He's going to be all right. And hundred and seven points. I just don't, I just don't think there's any way that he's going to be rested. I think if you want to win the league, you've got to play your best players. And Jota, you know, did the business. And he's been in better form than Mane recently. Mm. So... Next up then we need to chat about Man City versus Crystal Palace at the Etihad on Saturday. Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden, they've been pretty electric for City recently. Are they differential captain options this weekend, do you think? Foden, yes. Silver, no. But I wouldn't do it because if you don't make Mo your captain, you're a plonker. Hmm. And it's just such a risk now of your rank dropping if you don't have Mo as your captain that you can't not do it. Unless you are in desperate need to regain some ground, which you shouldn't be after nine game weeks. Hmm. Guys, only a quarter of the way through. Got, got loads of time left. Absolutely agree. Bernardo and Foden, just having them in your team are differential enough. Yeah, yeah. And but, also, like, you know, they might get rotated. Yeah. So I I wouldn't be looking at either of those. But Foden's been playing, like, I think as a centre forward. I'll tell, I tell you who I'm going to be getting in. Isn't he? If I, if I can. Who? KDB. Why do you came, think he came, 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 game? Just it's not him, fully fit yet. Giving, giving him a bit of, yeah, yeah, not fully fit and giving him a bit of a, a just time to get right up there came on, created more chances in the last 20 minutes when he was on the pitch than anybody else throughout the entire game. Mm. Created four chances, no one else created that for the rest of the match. Mm. Unbelievable. Mm. Big Kev. <laughs> Finally then, let's chat about Spurs versus United on SNF. Kane, Son, Greenwood, Rashford, are we avoiding all of these assets or add some in as they look to save their managers' jobs? Well, it might be too late anyway, but I, I, I think this is a perfect game for... Uh, Spurs fans to, to get amongst it. I think he won't. I think Greenwood will play again this time. I think Rashford might be one who's sacrificed. Um, but I think Greenwood will get his chance. I thought, I thought he was unlucky to be taken off, really. Um, yeah. He obviously he, he created some of the best chances. Um, and if he'd, 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 got, he'd got an assist had uh, Bruno been able to hit the target from six yards out. Um, but uh, yeah, he was sacrificed. And that, ultimately, I feel like that. That change was everything that's wrong with Ollie's tenure, really. Deciding to go for that, just not just blindly going, Well, I'll pick Paul, like because he's amazing, but it's not, it's not the option of pressing and making the game tighter and 
you know. I mean, the game was lost by that point. But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if Ollie's still in charge, then Sash, then Harry Kane and Son could really fill their Halloween boots full of <clears throat> treats because uh, United are just porous and uh, up for a slashing. Um, but if there is a change, as is mooted, and Conte comes in, then I'm guessing they might go to a five at the back with wing backs like Chelsea did in 2017 with the, what was it, Moses and Alonso. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to keep Mason Greenwood. I say it every week. I think he is just by far and away United's most consistent, dangerous attacker in in every way. And Rashford has looked very sharp since he's come back. So Rashford is someone, I think, as an FPL asset to keep an eye on because his finish last week in the Champions League was very good. Mm. He does look quicker and stronger. Apparently, he's playing pain-free now. Uh, for the first time in a few years. And this is the first time I think we've talked about him as an asset on this pod this season. So just someone to keep an eye on. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game and who knows who the managers uh, will be on Saturday night. Son is the only one from Spurs that I'd be interested in. Uh, I think Kane went back a, at least a couple of steps again with his game against West Ham. Uh, Son, he created two chances, had an XG of 0.31 and he's still the second highest scoring um FPL midfielder at the moment, let's us not forget. And do remember that Spurs, um, yes, they've got United this week. Yes, they've got Everton next week, both of which shipped five goals at the weekend. <laughs> um, then have a lovely run of fixtures after it. It's a sea of green, Leeds, Burnley, Brentford and Norwich, followed by Brighton. So I do think Son is the asset from Spurs. Jumpstart the season with big holiday savings from JCPenney, now through Sunday. Let the fun begin with Disney toys, now up to 25% off. Or give your family the warm fuzzies with 40% off outerwear. Don't forget to use your coupon to save an extra 25% on select items at checkout. The holidays are officially here at JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 1031. Toys excluded from coupon. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. It's time for Team Tinker Corner. And first up, I want your captain picks. Harry. Salah. What do you reckon, Phil? Leave him on it all season, apart from when he plays United again and scores another 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably put it on Mo. He seems like he's in form, Sash. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But look, I'm never going to captain anyone against United. It's, uh, it's a principal thing. Maybe it goes against the FBL mantra of like trying <laughs> to get good points. Uh, I just can't do it. It doesn't sit right with me. But yeah, I lost a lot of ground. This week because uh, I didn't go with Mo, but yeah, it'll be back on Mo for the Brighton game. Jono, Mo money, no Mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> what about formation choices, Phil? Three five two. I've still got choice paralysis. I'm frozen. I'm falling. Um, you know, Harry wanted to delete the app a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've deleted it a few times and, and re-downloaded it a few times. So yeah, right, a bit. You can always come back. I know. It's what, it's I know. A couple fine. of game weeks. Yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. Harry? 3-4-3 uh, three, three I'm going, I reckon. Depends on who I get rid of for Trenty. Possibly 4-4 four, four, fudging too. And Jono, what about you then? Uh, similar position, Sash. 3-4-3 three, three has been my go-to this season. And um, depending on transfers, I would expect it to still be the same. Just your go-to, isn't it? Really just similar position. <laughs> Sorry. Chooses and snooters. <laughs> Phil? Yeah pays me to say it but just Mo and Trent now that's it the last two choosings of snoozes Harry uh, Mo and Antonio uh, <laughs> probably 
the only ones really. I'll, when I get Trent in, he'll be he'll be choice. If if I had Chilwell, he'd be uh, he'd be fast asleep. <laughs> Jono, just Mo for me, Sash. Any chips with that? No. no. What about transfer talks then? Game week ten then. Now, gentlemen, Harry almost deleted the app a few weeks ago. Phil is threatening to walk away from it all. Uh, so, who are you thinking of bringing in this week to hopefully help save your souls? For me, as we were talking about defences earlier, it might be Cancelo, it might be Livramento. I feel like I don't care right now, but I need to change something, and I reckon it'll probably probably be those two. And Alonso can just just go away, Marcos Alonso, but just give me your nice hair. Harry? Well, if Jamie Vardy's injured, then it'll probably be him. He does love a goal against Arsenal, though, so I'll be waiting right up until that Friday press conference to make that decision. Thinking about Greenwood to Foden, uh, but the one I really, really want in is Trent. I think it's uh, it's one you just can't live without, and uh, the rank really hurt me this week. So, Trenty Wenty. Um, Trenty Wenty. I've got cash in the bank as well to actually make the change, to have, some, to have more premium defenders, so I might... Um, might do the swapsy from Marcel to uh, mm. Tim after he was just randomly unfit <laughs> I know. before the game, which was yeah, really, really helpful. <laughs> and I had literally two fit defenders who scored like five points between them. Jono? Uh, so I've got two yellow flags at the moment, Sash, Rafina and Vardy. So I'll be keeping a keen eye on those injury presses. And it might be two of them making their way if that is the case. I might switch up where my premiums are. Um, I, I could drop Vardy for someone like a Huang or a Broya and then upgrade Ref to maybe a Son or a KDB, as um, Harry mentioned. The other option, though, is if they are healthy, is that I need to really improve my bench. Mm. Um, with Christensen not playing at the weekend, it was going to go to Duffy, who also didn't play. So it came to George Williams of Norwich. You've got a nice, sexy little minus one coming off the bench. That's always nice. Um, so, yeah, it might Who? be a Williams. Who? George. George Williams. Is his name not George Williams? Brandon. 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 Oh, George. George. Oh, I had a guy. George. I would hate George. someone called George Williams. That'll be it. Hey, Georgie, you like balloons? <laughs> um, so it might be Brandon Williams to um, Livermento, which is a bit of a missionary rice cracker. No, it is not. It's a. Brilliant, Livermento got the goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like him. He's a Chelsea boy. Yeah, two yellow flags for you. That's not bad. Normally, there's multiple red flags. So, (laughs) Jono's a knob. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, you lovely, scary lot out there. Your FPL transfer deadline for game week ten is eleven a.m. GMT on Saturday, the thirtieth of October. Spooky. Ooh. big shouts then um, for game week 10 but actually just before we get into that I just want to say Jono are you okay because <laughs> what's he done now has he been tweeting <laughs> drunk again no he hasn't and actually I'd argue that FBL Droog has been a little bit inactive he's just sort of tweeting puns you just tweeted Shaw Blank Redemption still didn't get any likes they are which nobody <laughs> liked <laughs> <laughs> no likes. You didn't even um, you didn't even like it. I'm still trying to make that a thing. You didn't even like it from our Twitter account oh, no. you which have you access done, yeah. to. Which, yeah. you could, which you have done. I don't want pity likes. But you did that four tweets prior to that. Yeah, because other people liked it, so I thought I'll join the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. I can't be the only account that likes my own tweet. 
That's some weird narcissism right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I took it personally last week, Sasha, if I'm honest. Um, I think it affected my score as well, kind of oh, the way dear. I was treated in the workplace. But it's fine, we move. <laughs> right, let's crack on with big shouts then. Harry. Going for Joe Geldhart, if that's how you say his name. 4.5 mil, 0.5% ownership. Changed the game when he came on at the weekend. Leeds were floundering. They were flip-flopping. And then he came on, won the pen. Rodrigo coolly slotted it away. Rafinha's out injured, I think. Great chance to start in. Lots of Leeds fans have been calling for him to get his chance. Got his chance, grabbed it. Both fans. Um... And there's no better team for him to be playing against than Norwich. The 7-0 whipping boys of Stamford Bridge. Phil? F- sorry, 5XP. Oh, God, sorry. I'd nearly Five. Missed, I nearly missed that. I'm just giving him an assist. He's oh, just getting an assist. Also, he does sound like he belongs at um, Arthur's round table. Mm, yeah, he does. he does. But 4.5, 0.5% ownership. Great enabler for the rest mm, of the team. Mm. Phil? I want to go back to the future with a young man called Curtis Jones, who was my big shout a few weeks back, then he got injured. But he looks all right again now, because he came on to replace James Milner at Old Trafford, and looked pretty tasty. He's only 0.2% owned. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back with Curtis. Great little player. And uh, they are playing Brighton at home, as we said earlier. And I'm going to go for an XP of 8. Okay. Um, Johnny? I'm going to go for Leeds as well. I'm going to be boring and target Norwich because I just think it's a good tactic as we move on throughout the season. And I'm going to go for Rodrigo. He is playing as the forward man as Bamford is out at the moment. He played the full 90 minutes last game. He also had the penalty against Wolves, which is a lovely um, asset to have. But he also created four chances in that game and had a total XGI of 1.4. Obviously, that does include the penalty. So yeah, uh, really impressed by him last game. And I'm going to give him... An XP of... I'm going to go double digit now. He would get eight, then he'd get nine, ten. Twelve. Whew. Two goals. I can't believe that you've gone for Rodrigo and I've gone for the kid who won him the penalty. I just feel like <laughs> the heart and soul of Big Shouts is being lost a little bit. I'm sorry. What do you mean? You started with your Phil Foden chat. Yeah. Rodrigo has 1.3%. No ownership. 1.3%. all he's got. All right. 6.3 mil. All right. Perhaps it's time to call in the producers and see what they say. Yeah, I feel like we should. Mom! <laughs> He's cheating again! Um, well, that is all that we have got time for this week. FPL Droog, I sincerely hope you get out of just tweeting three words. Um, FPL Indiana, mm. you actually haven't tweeted anything that embarrassing yet, but no, I want you to know that did I did a thread this morning. Oh, you did. did. You did do quite an emotional thread this morning, um, but, but that's FBL not embarrassing. Principles. No. Uh, but I want you to know that when you do, yeah. I'll be there. Cool, thanks. FBL Dad Bods. You <laughs> haven't even set up an account yet. No, so. it doesn't exist, but the Dad Bod is. <laughs> just right here, don't you worry. Uh, everyone have a lovely Halloween. Mm. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Mm. And we will see you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fall is the most birthday-packed season of the year, so chances are you have a few celebrations coming up. Make sure your friends and family feel special with a gorgeous bouquet of roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to send the perfect gift. 
24 multicolored roses for just $39.99. To get 24 multicolored roses for just $39.99, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Plato's Closet in Gainesville is buying fall styles, and we need your vibe. You can sell all the fall extras you've accumulated. You have amazing taste and more fall styles than you know what to do with. Get cash on the spot when you sell your boots, coats, denim, scarves, and other fall pieces to Plato's Closet. We buy trendy, gently used clothing, shoes, accessories, and more for guys and girls. Sell your fall styles to Plato's Closet today. Plato's Closet Gainesville on Dawsonville Highway and 13 other locations in the Atlanta area. Visit platosclosetatlanta.com. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Gaming, tech, culture. Listening to the Cool Black Nerd Podcast, presented by Say What Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 28 of the Cool Black Nerd Podcast. This is Nickel. I'm your host, Jules, here with our co-host, Justice. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. How is everybody out there doing? I don't know. I hope you're doing well. Yes. Justice, let's just jump into it. Okay. Let's talk about, man, what should we talk about first? I think Pandora Papers. Pandora Papers, man. Why Why I got to pay the five and they don't? Why I got to pay? I think that's just how life works on earth <laughs> at but, this point. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, it's kind of like the worst kept secret out there. We know that billionaires and those who have money seem to have extra privileges that, you know, us common folk don't, but this was, this was enlightening. Just the entire setup to me of how this was done. And it's all legal. All right. Well, let's let let them know what the Pandora papers are first. So Pandora papers are basically entities or sort of like trusts uh, specifically set up for the reason to not pay as much taxes or pay any taxes. And in most cases, they've been set up on offshore accounts. Uh, You know, like, you know, most people think and hear about, you know, Cayman Islands or Swiss bank accounts, which actually that's kind of like a myth now because Swiss government has cracked down a lot on that type of stuff. So they don't allow it as much as they did before. And it's a little bit more intricate in that. So that's no longer the thing. But Places like, if I'm not mistaken, South Dakota. Yeah, there's definitely some places in yeah. the U.S. Yep. Making it more of a thing to basically just hide your money for the mm-hmm. most part. But the Pandora Papers were essentially an investigation that came out to be able to expose the people who were doing this the most. It was an investigation, not a specific source. It was just kind of like a Scooby-Doo gang type thing. Uh, and okay. Yes, that's a term I'm using now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... 
it essentially just kind of highlighted all of these, I don't want to say money laundering type level of stuff, but it was just a generally just, I have money and I'm not going to give it to anybody else. And this is legal. So I'm going to do it. I, right. Yeah. It, it's all about just hiding money as much as you can. Yeah. Hiding yeah. as much money as, as they could. Um, for the most part, it seems like really just to avoid paying taxes on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it talked about how they did it. And some of it is not very surprising. Some of it uh, we've had, you know, former presidents engaged in it. But anyway, yeah, some of them, the way that they're, you know, involved in it all has to do with real estate. I um, mean, it's not real estate like, you know, like a normal person would do it. Not like I'm saying, oh, I'm going to go buy a house and then I'm going to rent it out and I'm going to have, you know, some income from the, the rental property. No, what they would do, there would be like a, a foreign shell company set up. So like they would start a random, you know, real estate company that's based in, it's funny that you say it came in islands earlier and actually <laughs> some of them are in fact in the Cayman islands. They, they, you know, start like a, a real estate company in the Cayman islands. Then that company buys some property in the United States. And then what they would do is they would on paper buy the company in the Cayman islands so it's not that they own the property and that they have to pay taxes on it. It's this foreign company that owns it and now doesn't pay taxes. Yep. And they just happen to own that foreign company. Yep. So it's stuff like that. And it's been something that, as Jules said, has been going on for years. Hell, I mean, at some point in time, there was some weird stuff going on with Apple where, say, for instance, you bought like anything that you bought overseas that was Apple base wasn't coming from Apple Inc. out in Cupertino, California, California. It was coming from like Apple in international holdings, something or another that was based in Ireland or some weird ass place. And that was how they were getting around paying certain international taxes and things like that. So they've been not necessarily rectified at this point, but they have been fined for it. So yeah. just so yeah, so the yeah, so that's I think that was the thing the papers really tried to highlight is that hey, it's there's a lot of millionaires and billionaires that are are taking advantage of these loopholes mm -hmm. and doing things that are, I'm gonna say questionably legal. Yeah, at best, and just highlighting that there's so much money floating around that's largely unaccounted for. The yeah. thing that got me that really. As we said earlier, as you said earlier, the amount of places here in the U.S. this is happening in now, as the states specifically have been making laws to be able to have this financial secrecy come about. And it started off in like being able to make these sort of trusts that allow it. And what they were saying is like in the past decade, decade, 10 years, this has been able to generate $360 billion worth of wealth going through these trusts. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. 10 years. That's an incredible amount of money. It's an incredible amount of money. Here's the thing, though. For me, I don't I'm not sure how how I feel about it, because I'm I'm questioning like, hey, if I was if I had the ability to do it, <laughs> would I do it? Uh, I'm going to have to say the answer is yes. Like, yeah. yo, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, especially for the ones that are, you know, just legal ways to do it. Like I said, there's some that are questionable at best, but there are definitely some things that are being done that at the moment are 100% legal. And I find myself, I want to say it was Warren Buffett who was like, I should absolutely, like he, he feels like he should absolutely pay way more in taxes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, the reason I don't is because I don't have to. 
yeah. like close the loopholes and I will. Yeah. I will. But I mean if you if it's but, legal for me to do it this way, I'm gonna do that. But I find it so crazy where, you know, you have those new laws that are or new stipulations and regulations that are coming in from uh the administration that, oh, if you got six hundred dollars over in like Cash App or Zelle payment or something like that. Mm-hmm. The IRS needs to be taking a closer look at it or just taking a closer look at uh, your bank accounts in general. So, like, so you know the people that you can go after don't have the t- this type of money, but the people that you do know ha- have it, you're just not going after them because they're not, I don't understand. They're not breaking the law. Is it unethical? Possibly. Illegal? No, not in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Or these, I think it's private investment company, private in, or the PICs. Let me just say that private investment companies that these people are using to do this and trust are they illegal? But it's just like you see the stuff that we're going through, trying to update and progress the country, yet you don't want to put in your fair share for it or even close to it. I know previously they had uh, put out the billionaires who had actually paid taxes or whatever. And like most of them for like the percentage of their wealth, it was always coming down to either 1% or like 0.8% or or less, which is insane. Yet, you know, majority are paying like 35. When you start talking about taxes, I think people do miss that. Like as we, like you look and you see, oh, it says, you know, people that get this amount of income per year get taxed as some, you know, Relative, what we would consider a high number, mm-hmm. but you you really need to look at what their effective tax rate is. Like, what do they? Sure, that's what their you know their income tax rate is on paper, but what do they actually pay after accounting for all of these loopholes? After doing things like where you look at somebody like Elon Musk, who has said this himself, like he doesn't actually take any income from his businesses. Mm-hmm. What he does is he takes out loans. Yeah loans obviously you don't pay tax on income from loans um and then he just pays the loans back so he doesn't pay taxes that way yeah yeah so for instance in 2014 to 2018 jeff bezos reported 4.22 billion in income and paid 973 million in taxes sounds like a lot sounds like a lot but add that up 4.22 billion but in that same time, his actual net worth grew by ninety nine billion. I mean, I'm just saying. Though, I, I, I let me can we? I wish I had somebody could actually do the math right here. But my mind, quick math, which is probably wrong, is telling me that that nine hundred seventy three million is less than one percent mm. of four point two billion. Mm. Yeah, that that uh that nine hundred seventy three million is maybe two or three percent, which is insane, of the four point two billion. Yeah. So if you did it, okay. So let's so his uh, wealth grew by ninety nine billion, but he paid nine hundred seventy three million. So what is that percentage? Like your your wealth is actually <laughs> basically a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Like he that's paid even nine hundred million. <laughs> did come on. Like, seriously, yet when they bring up people making over $100,000 or even $75,000, I think it's like 35% that is taken from them. 35%. Uh, probably so when you add up, yeah, potentially when you add up everything, it could definitely be that much. And by everything, I'm saying, you know, income tax, social security, 
state income taxes if they have state mm-hmm. income taxes and, and whatever else. Um, it, it could definitely end up being like 35% for sure. Because um, they were trying to raise, okay, so like the capital gains tax, which is another thing that a lot of people have an issue with. They were wanting to raise it from 37% to 39.6%. Mm-hmm. That that's just the one of the highest rates that you can be in in the tax bracket. So after you hit it, and I don't know if people know that. So I think it's like a hundred and fifty thousand, or maybe two hundred thousand. Somebody, you know, you guys give me some comments on uh, this episode. Send me some messages. Cool Black Nerd Podcast on Instagram. Let us know your take on this. But I think the highest tier or tier bracket you can be in on taxes is like somewhere around 150000 200000 And at that point, you, whatever you're taxed at will be the same as what somebody's making $2 million, $10 million, $5 million. That's the same. Like it, it does not go any higher after that. But they're thinking about raising the current one, which is I think about 37% to 39.6%. And then also taxing any capital gains that people have on ordinary income, which would happen for the highest income taxpayers, honestly, because you have investments and other financial stuff that could actually come out and give you a little bit more income, just not specifically from like a job or a consultant thing that you have necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Just for the record, the highest uh, tax rate is for people, single people making 518,000 or more. And that's at 37%. 37%. So you'd be making the same as somebody 5 million. Seriously? That does not seem fair whatsoever, whatsoever. But okay, I digress. I don't know if any of that, and I'm pretty sure once you get to that that level, or even somewhere in two hundred range, two hundred thousand range, people are looking for tax loopholes. Of course, because it's just like you giving it away at that point, or feeling like that, especially if you're working at something where you have to do a little bit more than the average person. Because uh, um, a lot of the times, let's say for instance in tech people will be like, oh, well, they're just sitting at a desk. Not everybody's like that. You do have those engineers who are doing more of the hardware work and they are moving and, you know, cutting up fingers and stuff like that. Are they doing a super amount of manual labor? No, but they're doing more than what I think people realize in doing day-to-day stuff. Whereas you'll have some of the other engineers on that where are actually putting together, say, for instance, the shuttle. They're making, you know, hundreds of thousands and they're doing manual manual labor and putting this stuff together all the time. So hell, there are some people in construction making that. So it it ebb and flow when it comes to some of that stuff. But I think a lot of the times it's just you, people will just go, oh, they're just sitting behind the desk making that money. Nah. And plus the um, mental stress can be a little bit more. But well, that's another show. Yeah, I say that's a whole another topic. I'm not going to get into to do people deserve to be paid what they get paid. Yeah. As we're talking about this, I just think that, man, for most people, there's all of these tax loopholes that exist or there's ways to hide money or ways to just deal with finances so that you don't have to actually pay the taxes that are even currently on the books. Hmm. Whether or not you think they're too high, too low or or however they need to be adjusted, I, I think everybody can agree that at the moment for the people that have the means to do it, it's it's very easy to not actually pay what ostensibly you should be paying because I mean, since it's legal, I mean, you shouldn't pay what you shouldn't, what you don't have to. But uh, yep. I, I just think that all of these loopholes and all of these games that, that people are able to play, 
It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's interesting. I think a lot of that stuff needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, That's what I have to say about it. <laughs> so I wonder if this kind of goes or how people feel about it when they have it seeing everything that's come to light from the Twitch hack. And if you guys don't know about that, people were up in arms. <laughs> yeah, the Twitch hack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They were up in arms about some of the stuff that came out from there. Yep. So off the top, I'm going to say that according to Twitch, at least, that no, you know, nobody's personal payment information or personal subscription information was released. Yeah. Users, users. User yeah. information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what we did get and what a lot of people found surprising was uh, the amount of money that some of the streamers actually are making from Twitch. Personally, I'm not surprised, but... A lot of people were surprised to find out like some of your top streamers are making millions and millions of dollars per year or shit, even per month. Depending, uh, on, the case, yeah. depending on the streamer from Twitch subscriptions and from ad revenue and stuff. Well, actually, no, the inf- it was literally all of this is just from trips, Twitch. Oh, it was it was literally That's, just yeah. the subscriptions, not even yeah. the, the ads that nope. they were in. Nope. <laughs> just Twitch. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So they're probably making even more than that. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I'm not surprised, but Devimer's making that much money. But I'm like, you subscribe to them. <laughs> they getting your, they getting your five a month or whatever. And I think that's what people don't really get. And I'm thinking they believe like, oh, I just gave them five dollars. They only got five dollars. No, you're not. You were watching the stream and seeing people say such and such subscribed in the little right hand corner. That happens hundreds sometimes thousands of times during that stream depending on how long they're on there or just the time frame in general and you also have to think about it you also have other people who will gift subscriptions to other people and we're Jules is saying you know this is at the low end of the five dollars they have what 26 27 dollars yeah yeah that five is the lowest subscription you can do and you know it's a recurring thing. It's per month. They're taking advantage of that subscription-based business model. Yep. Very easy to tell how much income they're going to receive each month. And I mean, uh, so if you go to their page and it says, uh, just for uh, an example, Moist Critical has seven point five million subscribers, and this is just a number I'm throwing out. I don't know if that's correct. Times five. That come on, really? We really surprised? Exactly. I'm not. I mean. Because, hey, once you hit, look, you hit 200,000 subscribers, that's, you know, $5 subscri- subscription. Guess what, guys? That's a million dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's $12 million a year. Come on, uh, man. Uh, they, they are in that 37% tax bracket, for sure. So I found it really, really interesting. And I think it just may be of kind of like an eat the rich feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were kind of giving that off a little bit earlier about that, but it, we just want them to pay their fair share and talking about the Pandora papers and taxes and stuff. But I think now in this day and age of, you know, after the pandemic, somebody's, so many people have lost their jobs, their employment, and, you know, the feeling of being expendable, uh, what do you call it, essential versus non-essential type thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm going a, I'm to a be honest if y'all, if y'all come for me, come for me. Don't come for Jules or anybody else. This is, this is this is my opinion. I think it's older generations that are just going like, well, it's just some kids sitting on their ass playing video games. It's a lot more to it to to that because just like what you watching, 
you know, the old CBS news, nightly news and stuff. It takes a lot to go into that broadcast. Sometimes it's a one man team doing it. Sometimes it's a it's a whole production that goes through it to get all this done. But you have to give these these people props and being able to put out the same sort of content and production value that those nightly news or, you know, even scripted sitcoms do. And it's literally they doing it from their house. Yeah, you're right. Um, And sometimes they're not, they're not like a lot of them do actually have a team that you never would know about. I think about one of the streamers I watch as to cross, like I I remember like a YouTube video and he kind of went through his process of like Mm -hmm. how the streams work. So the actual stream itself, there's two to three people who are watching him while he's streaming in addition to himself, he's taking notes. They're, t- they're also taking notes of when and where that stream should be edited in order to make a video. Mm-hmm. Then they have people who actually go in using those notes, edit the video that the, even the editors have like a little creative team or where are we going to put the funny sounds? Where are we going to put the, the funny like little memes and all this kind of stuff in the video? What are we going to do to make the thumbnail look nice? So there's like a, for a lot of them, there's an entire team of people that you never see Yep. that make those streams what they are, make the videos that they make from the streams, whatever they end up being. So I, I think it's twofold, right? Like, I kind of agree with you. I think there's a lot of people who would say that those people are just sitting on their ass playing video games all day. And for the people who are very successful, that are making, I'm even going to put it like this, that are making enough income to, for that to be their actual job and be their only job, there's usually a way more going into it than than people would consider. And keep in mind, we haven't even talked about marketing. Like you don't like they're not just getting exactly subscribers by just by by literally just going live on Twitch. Like that's not it, it doesn't work that way. Like they, nope. they're they're doing things to make sure that they get eyes on them. Yep. Yep. So even if you don't like I believe one of the most followed people on Twitch was Ninja. I don't know if he still is, but he wasn't even um, because he hasn't been on there in the last year or so. Like he just got back on there. He wasn't even out of the top 10 and the man hadn't been putting out content consistently over the past year. That's crazy. He, he hadn't even fallen out of the top 10 insane. And there are other aspects of it too. So some of the people that will stream or be on there, uh, I'm not sure if he's always on there, but I know Mr. Beast, who's a person that is, uh, who's on generally on YouTube or whatever, but dude gives away like hundred thousand dollars just in games or uh, challenges or things like that. And then on top of that gives extra money out to like the fourth, fifth um, I'm, I'm from the second to fourth place or whatnot. So there is a lot of money to be made and, also, like, it's a lot that goes into it. You can't just do that as one thing. Like, for our um, uh, YouTube clips that are on Say What Radio, YouTube, we have our gaming stuff that goes up there. Me and Jules, and we still have those. We don't stream, and that's generally because of uh, what we're talking about now. There's a lot that goes into it. It's easier to... Yeah, there's a it. lot that goes on. I'm gonna be honest, I ain't got time. I ain't got it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even trying to do that. You know, shout out to everybody who, you know, you got time for it and you want to do it, go for it. I support you. Right. Let, hey, matter of fact, let me know what's up. I might subscribe to you. I said, Mike, 
long as I still got my little Amazon Prime. Yeah, we're we're expanding. So, you know, go ahead and subscribe to we are keeping that content updated. It is probably more on like a monthly basis with everything that's going on. But we do have clips and we do post all of that stuff. So just go ahead and uh, go and subscribe. Hit that like button too. give it. Give us some five dollars. You know, I, you know how all of you, all of your, your, your YouTubers and your Twitch people, they always say like and subscribe. People are like, man, that's some old whatever. It's crazy. We need that. I need y'all to do that, please. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of revenue streams and how you can make money, uh, Jessica, when did, you know when is the last time you went to McDonald's and had an ice cream cone? Uh not in this decade. Not in this decade. So what happens most of the time? It's broken. You go to, it's broken. Do you know why it's broken? I've heard rumors about different reasons as to why. And it pisses me off because the things are good. Like if, you, right, so if you've ever had a McFlurry. I'm sorry. Let me go on this rant. If you've ever okay. had a McFlurry, those are actually pretty freaking good. But <laughs> like, why are you depriving me of this? Like I got to. I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm not complaining or anything, but I got to go to Chick-fil-A. And go get me an ice cream cone. I look weird because I'm just at Chick-fil-A for an ice cream cone. All right. And here's the thing. I'm going to say this too, guys. Secret menu item at McDonald's. If you can find one where the ice cream machine is working. And you've got to find a little worker that's willing to do it. Listen to me now. You buy an apple pie. And then you get like the vanilla ice cream. Just get it in a cup. You don't really want to get it in a cone. Uh, but see if they can mix that up with your apple pie using the little McFlurry mixer thing. And let me tell you something. That apple cinnamon pie vanilla ice cream so damn good. But that's I all I got never for you. Even, you know what? I just, the secret menu, they used to have them. I don't know if they still do. They used to have uh, sweet potato pies like the apple pies. And oh. I remember, yeah, and I remember them being able to do that with it because they would ask, do you want a, a scoop of ice cream with it? I remember that. Now, oh, just now you're making me. Mm. Well, anyway, don't, I mean, don't go do that. It's incredibly unhealthy. But back, I mean, you're probably not going to be able to get it anyway because the ice cream machine is usually broken. So yeah. here's the thing. I've heard two reasons, and we actually found out recently what the actual reason is. The first reason I heard, uh, which apparently was true, but uh, in most cases they would still do it. It just takes too long to clean it. They say it would take between four and six hours for somebody to clean out the ice cream machine. And nobody wants to do that. So they just wouldn't. So they would never just like they would just never turn it on. But what really is happening, and this actually came out in a lawsuit, I believe. The manufacturer for the ice cream machines at McDonald's has been accused of purposely making them faulty so that they would have to do the repairs because McDonald's is not allowed and neither are their franchisees allowed to have someone else like a third party repair company come in and fix the ice cream machines. Actually, it was a whole, it was a spin, it was a spin to it. So what happened is, is that you're right. The company was making them faulty on purpose. So a company, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I forgot the name of it, but a company came up with a tool to be able to fix it. It was a third party company. And that third party company started marketing to these franchises even the McDonald's about being able to fix this because they knew what the issue was and they were able to fix it uh, and also help with the cleaning, bringing down the cleaning time almost 80%. So they continued on marketing this. And at one point in time, the company who makes the machines got, I guess, the tool or whatever, and then tried to re uh, reverse engineer it 
and steal the company secrets from this company to put them out of business and go behind their back saying to uh, McDonald's and to the franchisees, oh, it's breaking the machines. That's what's actually breaking the machines. It's not us. It's not that it's faulty. This is what's breaking it. When the company had already found out, I mean, the um, third party company had already found out that, hey, uh, yeah, they're doing this shit on purpose. If you flick this little switch and add this to it, it will work perfectly each time, which uh, at that point, that's when McDonald's was like, OK, everybody stop this. We've been paying all this for that. And of course, now it's as Jules said, it's in a lawsuit and they're going back and forth on it. And it came up right when this whole thing about right to repair began. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, really gaining traction now because it's it's seeming like more and more manufacturers are trying to make things obs- um, where they have like an obsolescence date to be able to get more money out of you. So you will either buy a software package and maintenance package or just a new machine up in, in, in general, such as um, what John Deere does. And John, when I tell you John Deere is on some... Oh, mm. I have never seen such blatant. We'll just buy the newest and you, you'll be all right. So John Deere, I don't know if you know the, the John Deere name or not. I'm familiar. I'm from Texas. Okay. Well, for those of you not, John Deere makes um kind of like heavy industrial equipment for farming mm-hmm. for the most part. So around 2010-ish, maybe a little earlier or a little later, but, you know, turn of the century uh, for the most part. A turn of the decade, depending on where you're at. John Deere started making where their tractors are way more software heavy. And for people who have been, you know, having these, uh, you know, the John Deere name, they trusted this brand. So they knew what they could do with it mechanically. It would be like, you know, people got old fours. They knew what I could do to, to actually upgrade it or change it and, you know, do the most of the maintenance myself. John Deere was like, nah, we we need the money. So what they would do is once the software on this machine became like where there was a, like, for instance, you know, everybody knows the cyberpunk came out and it came out in a terrible state. Theirs would have bugs in it to get the fix. They would be like, buy the newest tractor, not the, not an upgrade, the newest tractor and you'll have the fix. Like what, wait, what? And then there'll any of the um, like add-ons or things that were coming. Oh, this is only going to work with the newest tractor. So yeah, I don't know if you any you know you guys are thinking about it, but heavy industrial equipment is not cheap. These things go hundreds of thousands of dollars and up. So you know people have put an investment in and they can't really do anything with it because they're making it to where they're obsolete and can't actually work. But the fixes are available. What it's leaving these farmers to do is to basically jailbreak this or pay hackers from other countries to fix this so that they continue using the tractors that they've put so much time and money into. So essentially, you know, with us, where it's just like, okay, the newest car has the latest in technology. No, theirs is just like, okay, yeah, I know this particular thing does not work and all it would take is just maybe a, a, a quick fix. They're like, no, just buy the newest $400,000 tractor and you'll be fine. Yep. And you know what, to make it a little bit more personal for everybody, um, as we're talking about right to repair and what it means, I can say that something like this happened to me. And this was back in like 2009. I had a MacBook Pro that I had purchased uh, maybe three years. So maybe in 2006. And, you know, just like any other laptop, 
you know, after two, three years, you are going to start having some issues with it. Um, in my case, there was a cable, uh, like a hard drive connector that went bad. So I took it to Apple uh, because, you know, one at the time and even now, technically, no one is allowed to repair Apple products except for Apple licensed repair companies or Apple itself. So I go to the Apple store, go to the Genius Bar, set my little appointment, and I'm talking to the guy. He takes it to the back. He takes a look at it. He comes back up and he says, hey, there's nothing I can do. Uh, let me show you these new MacBook Pros. And I was like, I, okay, that's I don't want a new MacBook Pro. So like, can you tell me what's actually wrong with it? And he was like, well, the and I, I guess give this guy some credit. I'm sure if, you know, at the time, if his managers or somebody knew what he was saying, he probably would have gotten fired. But basically he was like, look, the, the problem is this cable. This hardware cable, like, pulled it up on his phone. It was like, you can buy it at Fry's for $5. It's very easy to replace it. But I'm just not allowed to do it because our system is saying your computer is too old for us to work on it. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, tell you that you just need to buy a new one, no matter what's actually wrong with it. Yep. So I go to Fry's. I get the cable. I'm, I look at a YouTube video to replace it myself. It's incredibly easy. And when I tell you that that laptop... To this day, still works. <laughs> and that's the only issue I've had a problem with. Like, not even that the battery, like, you would think the battery wouldn't even work right, right <laughs> now. But no, it's fine. Like, that yep. laptop is perfectly fine. Yep, yep. And that's the only thing that I ever had to do. But because of the way Apple and other companies try to lock down who can fix their products and when they can be fixed. If I had just listened, you know, without questioning, hey, what's actually wrong with this laptop? They would have had me buying a whole new laptop for nothing. There was no reason for me to get a new one. And so when you hear that, you're like, oh, man, they just want money. But then listen to what they're saying necessarily for the reasons as to why they're like, OK, well, we want to protect our intellectual property. We can't have everybody, you know, knowing one, the secrets of how this works and uh, be possibly creating something different off of our product and then profiting from it. And also we own this. And when you say, when you say that you're like, no, but I bought it. But at this point in time, they're kind of like contradicting or challenging what the term ownership necessarily means. So right now with a lot of the stuff you buy and, you know, we have this kind of like rent or a subscription based culture for a lot of stuff. For instance, on a lot of the games that you have, even if you pay, if you you buy it, if you break any of the terms of service, you can't actually access it because it's located on their servers. You don't have the physical game necessarily. You still have to connect to something else that, that will actually verify that you own it or whatnot. And if you've done something that they don't like, you have essentially just lost money. And that's kind of what's happening necessarily with this. Like if you don't have, if you've pissed off Apple in some way, shape or form, which <laughs> we saw happen with Epic Games, um, they can basically lock you out in any investment that you've made in it. You don't have access to it. So their thing is, is we're, in, we're protecting ourselves as well as also the customer. But is that the case necessarily? There was an issue with one of the quote unquote Apple dealers and there have been a couple of lawsuits that have come out about this where some of the dealers have made horrible 
decisions and kind of like blackmailing people for the photos that they had on their phone and repairing some of the stuff. Or I, I believe in another case, a dude kind of just like uploaded a chick's uh, pictures of Facebook. Yeah, that is what happened. And so Apple is pointing to those incidents to say, see, this is why you shouldn't have people, third party companies mm-hmm. or, or people able to repair devices because you don't know what's going to happen with people's private information. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. The people that, at least the ones that got caught doing it, were in fact licensed by <laughs> Apple to repair the products. So. It's like you just shot yourself in the foot with that. How safe is it either way? <laughs> and if it's able to have someone else create a business in helping this, you know, that's supposed to be part of the American dream. That's, you know, right? Am I wrong? No? Is that not what Apple did to be able to create their stuff? Somebody else had a computer and they were like, hey, we got the Macintosh. Okay. And now we got an iPhone and a whole bunch of other stuff that you don't probably need but want. But and if it breaks, you can't <laughs> fix it yourself. I th- and I like that they're arg- so the, you know they're arguing, oh, People don't have the technical know-how. You're gonna you're gonna make it even worse mm-hmm. if you try to fix it yourself. Sure, you're right. There's the people that will absolutely do that. But guess what? They bought it. Yeah, you should be able I, to do what to you me want. It's theirs. If if I feel like I can fix it, and I go in there and try to fix it, and I tear it up, it's mine. Yeah, I can tear it up if I want to. But but in their their eyes, they're like, no, it's our intellectual property. You don't have the right to do that. And there are a lot of laws that um, are being written, not necessarily written. They haven't gone into law, but they're, you know, they've got bills. Let me say that that are coming up where um, they're trying to make this legislation possible. So you cannot do this type of stuff. And of course, Apple and a lot of big tech companies are challenging it and, you know, they're lobbying against it. Microsoft was actual very much big proponent of this in the beginning. They've kind of done a 180 in the last a uh, few months or so, but we'll see how long that lasts because there's a few bills that are actually coming coming out where they're just like, you have to have other options for people to be able to repair these these mm-hmm. items and things like that. And also, as I mentioned in the court case against um, uh, with Epic Games and, and Apple, uh, that essentially paved the way for Apple to no longer have this monopoly on them being the only payment system on the Apple store, they have to actually open it up to other people or other options for uh, developers um, necessarily. And in that instance, it was great for some of the consumers, but for Epic, Epic Games, they got kicked off and they were like, hey, we don't want you playing on our sandbox no more. You you tattletailed. So no, out of here. Yeah, so, the, um, the, yeah, the conclusion to that lawsuit was kind of like... Hilarious. They both lost, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Epic more than anything, because a lot of the information that came out about them, say, for instance, you know, the Epic Game Store that has not been a moneymaker for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they they were putting out a lot of money to get exclusives from developers and gaming studios to kind of like corner the market and push Steam out, so to speak. But that it it kind of backfired, you know, then some of the stuff that they were spending money on, it was just kind of like, okay, you you seem like you just burning through money to, to make a point. And um, that point backfired on them when they tried to get back on after the ruling, they were like, okay, so yeah, we lost, but let's let us, you know, start making this game again and put Fortnite back on Apple iOS. Yeah. 
And Apple's like, um, we know we no. said we would, but no. Yeah, and I think that's what I think is kind of. I don't even know. I think it's funny. Like they really Very. both lost because the 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 suit was like, hey, Apple, yeah, you can't do that anymore. And then it was also like, but hey, Epic, I mean, it's still their App Store, so they don't have to let you in there. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't want to, like, there's really yeah no so, reason. Uh... Because, I mean, you broke the contract. Yes, it was wrong, but you broke the contract. You signed up for it. So, uh, yeah, if they don't let you back in, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And now, I mean, during, and they also had to pay back the 30% that they had actually, mm-hmm. uh, from the proceeds that they generated during the time that they had actually opened up their payment system on um, the iOS store. And just during that time, I think it was 10 hours, 12 hours or something like that. It was over almost $200 million, million which is ridiculous. And they still got to pay like 30% of that back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look at that. And we talking about Fortnite on iOS, guys. We're not even talking about the actual Fortnite on consoles. Mm-mm. So I don't know why you surprised these streamers making money. Um <laughs> But it's interesting. This this, uh, this right to repair thing is going to keep going. You know, there's been like a kind of an assault. I don't want to say assault, but eye opening, I guess, mm-hmm. to most people of of tech and its hands on of culture yeah. and where we are now. So yeah, I think it's. I've seen a lot of, uh, and it, and it's everywhere, right? Like it's it's the farming equipment. It's your mm-hmm. your, your personal cell phones, Apple, Samsung, yeah, uh, whoever, computers, cars. Like I've seen it uh, with Tesla, like the like your guy. Uh, what is it? Is it Tesla Garage? What's the name of his company? Rich. Yeah, Rich Rich Builds, Rich Rebuild, yeah. something yeah. like that. But yeah, like even him, like having all kind of issues trying to uh, repair Teslas that have been uh, salvage titled. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, finds that same issue with some other cars as well. Um, I was even seeing seeing somebody who was trying to rebuild a Lamborghini. They were talking about how how simultaneously easy and difficult it was. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, every screw on a Lamborghini is the same screw. And by that, I, you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily the same length, but it takes the same, like, bit, the same drill head. Like, you, you hear about a flathead screwdriver or a Phillips head screwdriver. Every single one on a Lamborghini takes the same, the same bit. Uh-huh. But you can't just buy that bit. Like, you have to get it from Lamborghini if you can. Crazy. So it's one of those situations where it's like they've they've made it like incredibly easy to repair, but almost impossible if you can't get just that one tool that you need to to unlock the car. And you see that with phones, you see that with so many other products. Like for for people who have like an iPhone right now, look at if you if you can find one. I you know I haven't owned an iPhone in a long time, so I'm not sure if they still do it. But they used to have the little screws on the bottom. That wasn't a regular screw head. <laughs> to get that screw off of there. It, it's also with the, you know, like the charging port, the lightning port is, you know, Apple proprietary, unfortunately. But there's some, again, legislation that's, you know, being proposed for that people to, that they have to have the same stuff. You can't just keep, I don't want to Willy Wonka exponential express as the charging cable for this. And then it's USB-C for everything else. Like, no, look, you, you creating a lot of e-waste with that, man. Come on. I don't know. I, I And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we're just piling on on Apple, but I mean, hey, they're involved in a lot of this stuff. And there's a lot of other companies that do it, too. Yes. And I, hopefully this legislation gets worked out uh, that I, people where, are allowed to, to fix 
or just even try to fix their products that you've purchased. Yeah, just give them the option. I mean, not everybody wants to do that. Other people may I just want to. I can tell you right now, I will never try to fix my own cell phone. But you know, I will to add. I know, I know you. Well, you get you the different kind of the whole different <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but you know, I will definitely take my stuff to where it needs to go to get fixed. And I, you know, I'm going to be smart though. I'm definitely going to shop around and check. But just like my story with the MacBook, like I had at the time one option and the, they weren't, they didn't even try to fix it. Like they straight up were just like, no, you're, it's too old for us to really even to look at it, even though we know what's wrong with it and we can fix it. We're just not going to. Not even going to try to refurbish it. Nothing. Or give you credit for it. Nothing. Just no, nothing. Just. 3G. You, you just need to buy a new laptop. And that definitely wasn't going to happen. Let's go ahead and call this one an episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the Cool Black Nerd Podcast. Again, check us out on social media. Always go check out saywhatradio.com. There are several podcasts in our network that I think everybody would enjoy and love and just have a great time listening to. Always. We out. Now is the best time to start working at Amazon. They are offering sign-on bonuses up to $3,000 and hourly pay up to $22 per hour. You'll bring home a great weekly paycheck, and many jobs come with benefits that start on your first day. That's higher pay, sign-on bonuses, benefits day one. And you'll be part of a safe and inclusive workplace ranked among the best in the world. Go to Amazon.com apply to start your job search today. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Picasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.